you know, and, and then my dad would have a, a string of success and all of a sudden we have this money and we go to Hawaii and then all of a sudden the, something happened to the business and the IRS is involved and now I, mm. I'm back on free lunch and we lost it all and then all of a sudden I have the, the free, I get the next new Jordans the next year and then the next year we don't have a car and like, so I went, my whole life has been this, nothing is ever secure. That was one of the best clips from this episode. And you're going to want to stick around for the whole thing to get a couple amazing nuggets at the end of our conversation. Today, I am talking with Brandon Holmes, who is currently running the show over at United Energy, um, a solar company, a roofing company. They're doing all sorts of things. He tells us a bit about that. Uh, But this is an old friend of mine, and we finally were able to connect and just give a whole lot of good stuff today on sales, on life lessons, on um, a winning growth mindset. He also goes into talking about how he has shifted his parenting strategies during this quarantine. Um, It only took a few days before he realized he had an emergency on his hand and, and had to make a shift. So this is the kind of guy he is though. He analyzes life, he applies things quickly, and he gets results, whether it's sales, whether it's parenting, and definitely in his marriage, because we talk a whole lot about his marriage and how it's the foundational piece um, for building the empire that he has. Um, So hang out with us, listen to the conversation, take some great things away from it, and then, of course, uh, let me know, know how it's benefiting you and share it. Share it online, tag me, Greatest Day Mindset, and uh, we're just right here in the middle of the conversation, so enjoy, guys. I think that was interesting, too, like... I don't know, because you were a year younger than I was, and so I almost had that transition for me. There's some personal things that happened with me where I felt like I had to grow up quick that senior year. And um, so I made some choices to like get my life moving quickly forward. Yeah. And a lot of people were trying to pull me back, mm. but I just decided, hey, I'm gonna go up to, I'm gonna go to Rick's. I got a scholarship to go play ball at Rick's. Yeah. And that was really that was a weird weird time too because we had a weird basketball go. I haven't talked about this in years. I haven't thought about this in years. So I that last those last like month, like we went on our senior trip to Lake Powell with all of our friends. The day we got back, my bags were packed and I went to summer camp. Mm-hmm. Like summer ball to go mm-hmm. practice and, and play on the team yeah so I was already I was gone to Idaho to go play ball and I'd come back on the weekends and like hang out with me and all the people and like they were still just like and that's not bad it was our senior summer not like, that bad. was what happened right but I was like <clears throat> so gone I right. was already I was already done with it yeah and it was weird for me because I at that point I started to notice that I don't want to be and do those things I'm already here my brain is already here mm-hmm. like I'm here and here and not that I was and they'd always say oh you think you're better no I'm just moved on like the yeah. life is so big world so big yep. I can't stay stuck here y'all want to be here that's fine it's not wrong I'm, I'm gone though yeah it's not wrong but I love that and that's always but that's always been a, like I don't know that's not true I don't know if that's always been you but maybe that moment that summer so that has been me my whole life, man. I've, I've always been really forward thinking. Next thing. Next thing. What? Right. How do I get to the... 
my path. Why though? Um, how, how deep you want to get here? Like I don't know your dad, but that is that a driven dude or what? Yeah. So, people don't know this about me at all or our family yeah. because, um, what people saw in Heber City and that was my dad's ending. Right, like that was when he finished. Sure. So we, my dad, built this dream house and this barn and his ranch, and I was 16 when we moved to Heber. So you got me for two years, really. Mm, yeah. Right. That's two year window. Yep. And we became close buddies. I feel close enough to sit here 15 years later and feel comfortable, right? For sure. Like, and. But the struggle that we went through to get there, no one knew. All they saw was the house and the assumptions came quick. Right. And I was labeled. Right. But no one knew what we had been through. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm who I am. And that's why you look at my brothers and we're spread out. So you got me and Chris who are about two years apart. Mm-hmm. And we lived through everything. And I'll go through it quick. Eight year gap, Chad. Eight year gap, Toby Dax, and they're a year apart. So you right. kind of have like these three families. And it's so fascinating to me to see how me and Chris handle business, yeah. how our minds work, and how we, we're, we're both still out knocking doors to this day. Yeah. I'm 37 years old and I, I just barely came from closing a deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Chad is super methodical. He's very calculated, he's very patient, he's doing a tech company. He doesn't like knocking doors. He came and tried it with us, but he didn't like the manual. But he's very outdoorsy kind of guy. But he's just—he's cerebral, big time. Like yeah. And then Toby and Dax, man, they just grew up. They grew up in that ranch, in that farm, Golden Spoon. We tease them all the time. Like they just don't—they don't get it like at all, right? They're the end. They were the rewards of yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have these these weird struggle, pinnacle, like victory lap That's wild. families. That's wild. And to watch us all work and how we're working now, now that we're all... So Dax just came home from his mission in Fiji like four, four weeks ago. And to watch where we're all at and how we're choosing to, to work our lives is very fascinating. Yeah. So, but that's the drive then. Yeah. And that's why maybe some of your friends were like, like those guys were like your younger brothers, but you're ahead here. So when that moment hit for you, you're like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Like check box of school. Now go conquer life. Cause you called me the, the next summer and you're like, like we're going like you need to come. We're going to Chicago. We're selling the, like, this is it. Let's do it. And here oh, I, Denver. Denver. Okay. Denver. Denver. That's where it was. Yep. And I'm like, my, my mind was not there. Right, right, right. My, like, I'm 10 years behind to get my thinking on that place to where it was like, man, if I were you, I, I'd have everyone on this street sold. Sure. So what what is that thing, though? So why do why do they show up and then I'm like, get out of here. Like, you don't even know what you're doing. Um, I've never done it, but what's that thing for you? Because you train people to do that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when you have guys, so this has been, this will be... That year was the year we got married. So this is my 15th year as a professional door-to-door salesman, if you want to call me that. Yeah. And um, I feel like a lot of times people just see a salesman, yeah. right? So I train the guys that when they walk up, 
you're more like a private investigator. You're taking notes from the get-go. Yeah. You're looking at the car. You're looking at the bikes. You're looking at the mailbox. Is the flag up or down? Is how many? Is there two cars? Is there an oil spot? Is the hose out? Are there flowers? You can pick up on people's interests. Sports team flags. Yeah. How fresh is the grass they just put in? Yep. Like, all these things. Yep. Okay, so okay. be super aware and bring up things like that. Yep. The lady's taking out the trash. Go help her. You know, people, and this is a life principle, but people don't know how much you care till you're willing to help, right? Mm-hmm. And they won't give you their hand till you give them your heart, right? Mm-hmm. So how to find a way to give them your heart quickly, and and that's the key in any relationship, especially in the doors. Yep. Yeah, that's what I. So I'm with it because that's what I build my practice off of as a therapist and as a human. Which again, I think you're right. That's why we're sitting here 15 years later. Um, is its connection and its relationships. Relationships is absolutely the thing of everything. Right. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably buy from some of those guys and be like, yeah, you got, yeah, sure. I can, I could use that and you got me because you didn't go straight into your speech. You went into noticing my little guy asking and you said, hey, I can wait while you help your son. Yeah. Like that right there. Okay. You know what? Hey, come in for a second. Like right. you got me with a relationship and with a connection, and people don't get that. And I feel in what's going on in the world today, um, this is so important. I just did a big training to our company last week on this topic. You know, with a lot of the racial injustice that's happening, systemic racism, and is it a thing? And our company is is super diverse. We have people from all over the country, in all over the country, and mm-hmm. dealing with. You know, we've, we've got African-American guys working in the South. We've got, uh, you know, white guys working in, in Illinois and the heart of Chicago. So we deal with this really, really uh, all, all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so my messaging is when I hear people talk, it's fascinating to me where most of the time people are saying very similar things. Just very different, very small differences, mm-hmm. but it's the way in which we communicate. I'm gonna loop this right back to marriage and relationships. It's the way in which we deliver the message that changes everything, right? For example, when you go to buy a car, say, so this happened to me a while back. I went to the, the dealership. I was a little bit younger, dressed a little more ratty. I'm still wearing a hat today, but I had a hat on backwards. I walked into the BMW dealership and uh, the guy was there. He's a little older. He didn't give me a lot of time because of my appearance, right? Yeah. Little did he know that I was wanting to pay cash for the vehicle. Right. But he wasn't giving me a lot of time. And that kind of bothered me at first, but he kind of, I kind of kept bugging him because I was like, I'm going to buy a car today. He's like, sure you do. Come here, young man. I was like, Whatever. He's like, let's get get you to this. Let me go look at the three series with you. And I'm like, I don't want a three series. And I'm like, I had a three series 10 years ago. And he's like, well, I think the the three is where I'm I'm leaning with you. And so I said, hey, I said, who's your youngest salesman here? Who's your young, the very youngest guy? He's like, Ronnie over there. I remember his name, Ronnie over there. I said, I'm going to go talk to Ronnie. So I said, hey, man. Um... I said, do you know a lot about sales? He's like, well, not a lot. I said, okay, well, I train sales guys for a living. 
let me give you some advice for me. Mm-hmm. I said, ask me three really good questions about what kind of car I want. So I said, I'm gonna give you five minutes, come up with three really good questions, mm-hmm. ask it to me, and then I will tell you what car to go test drive with me. He's like, okay. So then he's like, okay, so what color do you want? I said, black. He's like, do you want a four-wheel drive or fast? I said, both, because it was up in New Jersey when it was snowing. And he's like, okay. Um, he's like, uh, do you, um, are you gonna be financing or paying cash? I'm like, cash. He's like, let me take you to the brand new X5 M Series Sports showroom vehicle. Let me clear the way, we're gonna test drive this thing. I said, perfect. I walked, I drove away with that car that day. <laughs> but he, it wasn't until he listened, he listened right. to me. I told him what I wanted, right? But he listened, right. he validated, he heard me, mm. and then he executed, right? Yeah. I share that because it's, there's so many lessons to be taught. One, don't ever judge your book by its cover. But two, in door-to-door or in marriage or in the differences that we're dealing right now, I feel like good communication skills, mm. people call it sales techniques or sales tactics, yeah. I think that's a lie. I think that it's good communication skills and you want to be sold. I want to be sold. I want someone to take me through the sales process mm-hmm. in a good way with asking questions, finding out what I need and want and lead me and I want to buy. Most people you want to everything you have you've bought. So, if you're going to buy, everyone's a buyer. Right. But take me through a good process so I feel good about what I'm doing. Yeah, if you actually have something better than what I have and you believe that, mm-hmm. car, grass spray, I don't, whatever, relationship tactic, right. you have something better, you, you believe in what you have that's better than what I already have, you got to help me understand how that's true by getting to know me, by getting, it's that, it's, yep. it's, it's learning about that. And quick, there's this thing we call porcupining. Okay, in sales world, and it's a technique that I use, and it, it's so funny because when me and my wife get in an argument, I'll literally start to do it, and she'll be like, "Don't, don't porcupine me!" Right? <laughs> She's like, "I'm not a close." She's got. She it. knows it now, and but now she uses it on me. Oh, honey, you're my biggest close. <laughs> but it's 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 a way you overcome objections, and it's a technique that we teach. But if you listen to why you do it, it's going over all the principles that I see you post and talk about, and it's beautiful. All it is basically is. You hear someone's concern, whatever it is, right? And all you do back is you say, okay. So just to make I under, just to make sure I understand you correctly, mm. so you validate them. Yeah. First thing, everyone's core desire in life mm. is to be validated. Be heard. Yeah. Period. Right. I don't care what it is, period. Just to make sure I understand you correctly. Mm-hmm. And then you restate. You say, what you're saying is, is, or what I hear you saying is this, whatever it is. Right. right? And we're doing that. Why? Like I get you and I get this, but uh-huh. we're, we're doing that in marriage. We're doing that in sales. But why are we doing that? Two reasons that I've noticed. Uh-huh. One is it's making sure I've heard you correctly. Yeah. So I understand the concern. And two, it's for you to hear yourself because most of the time you don't know what your concern or your objection really is. Yeah. Right. Yep. I'm going to tell you another story. My wife, one day I woke up, I put on an orange shirt. She goes, God, I hate that orange shirt. And I said, okay, make sure I'm saying you correctly. What you're saying is, is that you don't like me in orange? She goes, well, no, I just, it's just that shirt. 
Okay, so and then you do it over and over again, right? It helps yeah. a person through their concerns. So what you're saying is that you don't like me in this specific orange shirt, and you kind of tweak it to kind of help her mind through the process. Yeah. Well, no, it's just that last night you said I didn't look good in that orange shirt. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is that you felt hurt that I said you didn't look good in orange. Yes. Okay. Now I have the concern, the true concern. Has nothing to do with my orange shirt. No. Baby, I am super sorry that I said that about your orange shirt. I was strictly commenting on the color because it clashed with your shoes, which is what you asked me. But I can definitely be more sensitive around the colors if that's what you don't want. Just tell me if you want a real answer or not. Mm. You're, I didn't want a real answer. I just wanted you to tell me I look good. You look fabulous. And then you can get through the conversation, right? right. That is a sales technique. Or mm. is that great communication, right? No, it's both. Yeah. And I want to be put through that process yeah. when I buy anything, especially dealing with what we're dealing with today. Again, I can't stress this enough. It's like, so what you're saying is, is that when I hear someone say this all lives matter thing, right? Right. So I literally had this conversation, literally. So what you're saying is, is that you believe all lives matter, that your life matters too, right? Mm. Yes. Great. So do you believe that you are facing some injustices as an individual. No. Okay, do you believe that there are some African-American people that have faced some injustices as individuals? Yes. Okay, so what you're saying is, is that you believe that Black Lives Matter too. Yes, that's all that we're saying here. Yeah. Oh, but it's not until they feel validated that their life matters too, that they're willing to hear that, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's good technique for <clears throat> people would do that. Yeah. I feel like half the problems wouldn't even exist. Again, it goes back to that. I want to be heard. I want to be seen. That's I it. want to be understood. And the all lives matter people, putting that up, who are getting hurt by the black lives matter, are the people who are feeling invalidated, feeling right. unseen, feeling, right? That's or, not the issue. Or, or right? some of them are just racist. I mean, That's yeah, for <laughs> there's, sure. There's that too, but. That's for sure. I think I had a, I had this funny in my training. I was trying to make it light too, because like I said, we've got a, a really great group of guys and gals, and so I had to try to make it light. And I was saying, I had heard this, so I'm like, it's not my material, but the guy goes, now he's like on nine eleven. Have you heard this about the buildings? No. He goes on nine eleven. Do you walk around wearing shirts that say all buildings matter? <laughs> it's like. No, no. you have a picture of the Twin Towers saying, we will never forget. Right. And you want to go on 9-11 and wear a shirt that says, all buildings matter? Right. No. Never forget. We want, we, want, we want racial equality. And no one would think that either. Right? Nobody. Why? Uh, again, we don't have to get that deep. But it's like, okay, no, you don't. You, you remember the buildings that fell. Let's remember the things that are on the minds and, and the issues at hand here. Yeah. And let's validate them, and then watch what happens. You know who might wear who might wear a shirt that said "All Buildings Matter." Who's that? Is somebody in another building who had minor damage but didn't get much attention? Sure, sure. That's the person who's being like, "Well, what about my building?" Right, right. And again, they're missing the big picture. Sure. But anyway, so you left the event like you spent a ton of time there, mm -hmm. director of sales mm -hmm. for how long? Uh, so total time at Vivint was 10 years. Okay, 10 years. Back, you know, when I started with Vivint and I loved my experience there, it was great. I was the fifth guy that helped start Vivint Solar, the solar division, um, sorry, fifth manager. So 
we were there. I was there from the beginning, uh, pretty much. And as we got that going, I learned a lot of different facets of the business. Um, Ten years go by, I got up to being the director and the VP of sales, uh, and we just had some differences in opinions. So at that point, I left and and started a company with a few guys called United Energy, and I'm the CEO of that business today. And we offer a little bit different options in Vivint, but um, still in the solar space, still installing solar panels and other home energy upgrades. And uh, we do roofing and some other stuff like that. Nice. So for people listening, um, we went for a drive before this and Brandon's like, I just finished closing a sale or changed my clothes and then came here. That's why you guys need to listen to this because this is someone who works and works and works and doesn't just sit up on a perch and be like, yeah, keep, keep doing the things. He's like in the field doing the work, knocking the doors, closing the sales. How does all that kind of work into the stuff you do? Visual, visualizing. Visualizing. So I've got a different view on visualization. Um, there's a lot of guys, a lot of gurus out there that teach, and this goes back to how I was raised, but um, a lot of guys teach you know, setting goals, get a top 10, set sub goals, set your action plans. And I do that. I do that more out of habit and because it's good practice. But that's not what moves me and that's not where I get my motivation from. I think there's two types of people I think there's that are successful. There are those that write out their game plans and execute and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other people who visualize what they want to accomplish and they dream what it looks like. You smell it, taste it, you feel it in your mind and you go work towards that vision, right? I'm the latter where I will actually see myself. uh, I mean, I went and test drove my car before just so I could put it in my mind that I wanted this car. How long before you bought it? Uh, So right when that car came out, I was like, I want that car. So I went and sat in it, smelt it, and I just thought about I'm more I'm bigger on that on the dream board idea yeah to visualize it um and you know some of my other techniques I would do is I would so I and I'm really big on on having a holy time in the morning I get up and I spend the first two and a half hours uh 30 minutes of meditation 30 minutes of reading holy writ 30 minutes of reading something like sales techniques or leadership yeah and then I spend 30 minutes and I go through and I visualize what I got to accomplish that day and how it turned out this is a perfect time to take a break from my conversation with Brandon as he's talking about creating a powerful morning routine I want to tell you about the focus journal now some of you know about it but some don't it's a guided journal to create lasting change in your life you know some of us it's been a really long time since we had that belief in ourselves like really and truly believed that we could do or be anything that we wanted. Let's get that belief back. Consider giving my daily journal a try. It's all about a simple routine through guided journaling to set your focus on things that you're grateful for, areas of success inside and outside of yourself, and putting some action behind your motivation by creating a positive daily routine. The answers, you guys, they're in your routines. The prompts inside the focus journal, are backed by research that show people who make gratitude and positive affirmations a regular part of their routine 
display improvements in their overall happiness and self-esteem. Check out the link in the show notes and pick up your focus journal today. So this morning, I was told last night that this customer popped up close to where I live. I said, hey, I want to go hit this customer because like I said, I like to stay super relevant, make sure tools are working, make sure I'm staying 10 toes to the pavement always. Uh, when I when I took on the role of CEO, I knew that, you know, I, I'm always going to knock doors till, till I'm done. Yeah. Or else I just don't have any credibility. And I, love that. I actually went through my brain. Mm-hmm. I pulled up the house on Google Maps. I saw what the house looked like. Mm-hmm. I visualized myself walking up to the door, knocking it, opening it. And I keep everyone faceless because that's always a surprise if you think something different. I learned that. Mm-hmm. Walking in, sitting down. And I'm going through the feelings of closing the deal, doing my things, getting it all done, and walking out feeling like I had closed the deal, driving up here and coming to meet you. So I went through this this morning already before it happened, mm-hmm. and it all manifested it exactly. The only thing was I thought I pulled in here. I would have had it the first time, but I had to go around here twice. So, <laughs> so sometimes it doesn't work, but you can course correct pretty quick. That's it, though. That's it. It's laughable, but it's real. Yeah. Uh, because some of your sales and some of uh, like those things, it doesn't go the way you visualized it. Maybe the end remains the same. And yep. You close it, but you had to take some detours along the way. And I think I said something to reiterate was it's the feeling, it's the feeling of closing, right? Yeah. It's the feeling of coming here. Yeah. That I know, I know the feeling enough. I know the feeling of doing a podcast. I know the feeling of closing a deal. Yeah. I know what that feels like and I, that's what I go through. I know the feeling of what a successful day with my wife looks like. I know that feeling so I'm going to keep reliving that. Mm. It's when I don't know the feeling of a bigger goal that gets me excited. When I can't envision it, then I start pushing. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I work with so many people with I mean, mental health stuff, right? Like anxiety and that is a fear or as you're putting it, now I'm reframing this a little bit. I like this. It's an unfamiliar it's an unfamiliar feeling of, it's the, the feeling, they haven't had that feeling. Right. So it's a new feeling that they're having in the moment they have never walked through before. That's mm-hmm. fearful. Hmm. But if we visualize, I am gonna have some panic later today, I am gonna have some anxiety, I'm, I'm likely to run into maybe some, something at work or, or a failure ahead. Hopefully we're tackling failures, I, I love failures. But, mm-hmm. and then when we do, I've been here. I've been here in my in my morning I call it my power hour but that's probably not a new term but you know getting that and mine's about 90 minutes but similar stuff Mm -hmm. so then at the end of the day I can be like yep this is this is what I thought I would end up with this is nice and if Mm -hmm. not what did I need to adjust then if it didn't if it didn't end the way I wanted how can I adjust this tomorrow Um, but but back to the anxiety stuff it's um, I know the anxious feelings and then I know my go-to kind of tools to, to walk through those things. Hmm. How does failure go into your line of work or just your life, I guess? Um, you, so have, you have failed before. Uh, all the time. <laughs> every day. All, every day. I think, um, again, I think it's how I was raised. I don't mean to digress, but my I, I grew up watching my dad. My dad was an entrepreneur, so he lost his dad when he was 13 in in an airplane crash. Oh, wow. And so when I was born, I was born into a very um, 
I mean, my parents didn't own a car. Uh, we lived with my grandma. And then my dad lost everything in a bad deal. And so the first, like, three years of my life, like, I remember being hungry. Mm-hmm. Like, hunger pains. Right. So that, that scares me. There's certain things that trigger me. Being hungry triggers me. Like, when I get that feeling in my stomach, like I'm hungry. Right. I feel like something's wrong again, like that, and that's weird, right? So whenever I go, if you've ever gone and got uh, like asked no, my kids, no, by the way, <laughs> let's go. I always order like five extra meals, always, yeah. and my kids like we'll go to like just even drive through. I got like two extra tacos and an extra nachos, or whatever, and like yeah. why do you order extra food? I'm like just in case, like so, but it's just that thing, just that one thing, right? Yeah. As that feeling, which is interesting. Yeah thought about that but um they're thinking you're looking out for them you're like no 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 this is for me to avoid the hunger that's not even about because i it's just no one's gonna be hungry you know what's funny though is i'm really disciplined with what i eat i think that's my only vice right there is my red bull and i thought uh, i'd see you with some kind of version of that 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 one right there (laughs) but um i eat clean i work out a lot like and i don't eat a lot like i'm i drink a lot of water and so i'm i'm really healthy i think i am i hope i am the inputs are good. He looks it. If you guys, yeah. if you guys yeah. don't know him, he looks it. <laughs> no, no, no. The inputs are good. So um, I just, I, we never eat it. I never eat it. I'm fine to throw it away. I'm fine to waste it. Right. That, that means to me that things are okay. If I'm throwing food away, things are okay in the bank. Yeah. Is that, that's a weird thought, right? I haven't thought about this ever. So if I'm throwing, if I don't finish my food on my plate, because I remember licking my plate as a kid. Yeah. Right? I remember licking my plate. Not like because it tasted good. Right. I remember licking ketchup. Right? Like that, that, those are things where, so I remember watching my dad fail and try to get a business started. So my dad, back in the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, we had the first telemarketing floor in my grandma's living room. He came, he came up with telemarketing. Mm-hmm. And then he took this idea of coaching and he went and got mm-hmm. partners with Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Charles Givens, Dennis Waitley. Uh, Kiyosaki so I've actually got to meet all these guys Stephen Covey nice from like 13 to 16 I got to meet these guys but from 3 to 13 was nothing but a bunch of failures right like that was our whole life was failing moving failing I moved seven times I went to seven different schools before Mm -hmm. high school right like Mm -hmm. we were we used to live in foreclosed homes my dad had a buddy that was a banker so when the home was foreclosed before the bank repoed it We'd move there, no electricity, no power. And then that home bank would take it, sell it. We'd move to another one, move to another one. So I came up, and that's me and Chris, we kind of came up in, in this, you know. And, and then my dad would have a, a string of success, and all of a sudden we have this money, and we go to Hawaii, and then all of a sudden the, something happened to the business, and the IRS is involved, and now I, mm. I'm back on free lunch, and we lost it all, and then all of a sudden I have the – Free, like the next new Jordans the next year and then the next year we don't have a car and like so I went my whole life has been this nothing is ever secure feast and famine type stuff it is a it is feast and famine right which is so fascinating because my wife is the youngest of nine her dad's a doctor successful surgeon she lived in the same house they live in the same house she was born in right my parents only live in the homos I met you in right like the things just evolve in my family. It's all about evolution, the next one, the next one. Yeah. And I grew up listening to my dad because I was like, hey, we're, we're going to leave our memories. And he'd always say, no, you take your memories with you mm-hmm. and go to the next thing. It's the next one. We gotta, we're going to go create new memories. N- another house, 
New memories, son. New better memories. Mm. Another school, new friends, son. New memories. So that was just inbred into my brain. Like right. change means and failure and something new means an opportunity to go make new friends, new money, new memories. It's, it's exciting to me. Yeah. But for my wife, that is a scary <clears throat> place to be. So that's been an interesting dynamic in our relationship. I, as you're talking, I'm thinking that that summer you called and we're like, "Hey, we're Denver. We're going." I don't have that. I don't have that place in my mind. Not at that age, anyway. Of get up and go. Right. Get up and go. It makes so much sense, though, as you talk about it. It's like, yeah, it's opportunity and it's growth waiting to happen, and it's yeah. and if it fails, so what? Like, there's the next. There's fall come back in the fall and we'll do something else there's right. the next summer there's the next but me I'm like nope it's it's finish school get into school finish school and just keep hitting these ladders these check marks these check marks but yeah. we miss so much from that stuff and the failure is man I love failure yeah I did a whole episode a whole podcast on just talking about like you need to get out and fail yeah um, and one person Spanx who's the Sarah Blakely. Oh yeah, Jesse Isler, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> her, her dad every day at dinner. Tell me about the failures. Right. And they want they like sought them, like oh I didn't have one today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, Man, you, have you ever have you ever listened to Jesse stuff? Yeah, I love Jesse. I got a chance to meet Jesse. Shout out to Jesse. Oh, Isler. Man. I'll have some some quality time with him. At a, we we had him come speak to our team. Yeah. Man, that guy, his his story just reaffirms what I'm saying about yeah. failure, next thing, next. failure, next thing. Even he's, I mean, he's super successful at this time. He's still doing that, right? Like it's still happening. And I mean, he's, he's one of my, uh, you know, top five people that I would strive to continue to try to evolve and, and be, you know, and mimic some of the successes he's had by his mindset. Um, but yeah, that's, he's, he's phenomenal. I mean, if you have never, read his stuff I mean he's the guy that went hired you know uh, David Goggins, Goggins to come yeah <clears throat> him and the shit that's just and that's just discipline man that's just talk about failing so that's experience like like there are places I haven't tapped into emotionally physically spiritually like yeah. bring people to me that I can do those kinds of things yeah um, I guarantee that's why you're always like like in my mind over the years of like I gotta connect more I gotta connect I gotta connect more because to me you're one of those people that's like he will pull more things out of me that I know I have I know they're there so I don't know what that means after this but I'm sure we'll have more stuff to come let's do it um, how do you do that with like just with other people forget sales people forget all that mm -hmm. stuff like just other humans your children your like how do you keep them in this like growing place um that's a great question you know I I'm big on you know monkey see monkey do where it just goes back if I'm not doing it myself I'll never ask anyone to do something I'm not doing my kids have never never ever done a chore they've never seen me do mm -hmm. and they'll never see me not continue to do it like, I'll get up and beat my son to take the garbage out just to tell him I did it. He missed it, you know? Um, I learned that from my pops. I remember I'd come mm -hmm. home in high school, and 
he'd still he 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 didn't rule with an iron fist at all. It was more out of like, uh, and it wasn't disappointment either. It was my my desire to want to, because again, I didn't see him a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't see him a lot. He was always out hustling. That's another thing. I think the lack of having that father figure, um, knowing what he was doing, right? That there's a difference between not having someone and not knowing what they're doing, but knowing that he was out bringing money back to let me live my mm-hmm. life. That was big for me. Yeah. But um. So watching him do that brought the best out of me, right? Mm-hmm. He's out working, well I need to be out working. So when I was 12 I went and got a paper out just so I could play sports and buy shoes. Like I remember I was 12 years old when the Jordan 11s and I always, I, I collect shoes. My favorite shoe is the Jordan 11 because we didn't have money that year to get it because he was out working, right, doing his thing. So I got a picture of the Jordan 11 and I sat it there because I wanted to play ball that year and wear the Jordan 11. And every morning I'd wake up at 4 a.m. and I'd fold my papers looking at that picture of those shoes. And I, it was freezing cold. How old cold. are you? 12. Come on. Yeah, no, it's true. Talk about that now vision boards. It starts there with a Jordan picture, like it's some shoes. Yeah. That's, I love it. I, I don't even know, again, like, you're like, where's that? I don't know where that comes from, right? That just is like, I don't know. Just, I was just wanting it, right? I just wanted the shoes. Maybe uh, hustling or, I don't know. My, my friends, we all kind of like shoes, I guess. But anyway, so we throw throw the papers and then go to basketball practice. Or we had volleyball that year too, like 6 a.m. Um, so I'm getting up at 4 a.m. every day, throw papers just to go, just to go make that money. And uh, anyway, um, bought the shoes that year. But if my dad was working, I was working. Yeah. Right. So I I try to do that with my kids. I do that. I try to do that with my employees. I try to do that. If my guys are out hustling, I'm gonna be out hustling too. If if they need, if, if I'm not closing, they're out closing. And I feel like I've had people ask me about my success in this industry um, in the amount of time, and I feel like there's a few things that separate somebody, and it's so simple. It's crazy, hmm. right? It's if you're gonna do something. Do it the very best, the very best job. I remember uh, I was sweeping leaves one weekend. My dad was home. I was sweeping leaves on the driveway, and I missed like 10 leaves or something. And my dad walks out, and he says, hey, did you give this your very best? Did you do your very best? And if you know my dad now, he's going to hate this story because he's – it's interesting the evolution of somebody too, right? Yeah. He's, he's probably the most um, humble, tender you can't imagine him, but this he's, was back when he still, was. Yeah, but he still was then, but he knew big picture. Well, this was back when he was CEO running his $30 million <laughs> business, right? So this is a okay. different different Doug Holmes. So he ran our home like a business too. Chris knows this. He came he came back and he said, did you give your very best effort? I said, yeah. He said, no, you didn't. He took the bag of leaves and he shook them all back out. Oh, man. He says, do it again until you give it your very best. I was like, what? So I sweep it all back up. There was one leaf left. I, I remember because I was just like, I'm going to leave that one see what he does. Like, I just wanted to like, just push it. Yeah. He comes back out. He sees that one leaf. He just throws them back. I didn't say anything. Speak back up till they're all done. Yeah. And I walk in that third time. And uh, he just asked me, he's like, did you, did you do your very best? I said, yes, I did. He's like, how do you feel? So I get it. So wow. I did that same thing with my kids. They were, they were cutting the lawn. Just happened three summers ago, 
my son was mowing the lawn for the first time. He taught him how to use the mower. My son Elijah, and he, he was out there doing it, and my daughter was, was edging, and they said they were done, and there was a few patches that were missed. And uh, I was like, did you guys give your very best? They're like, yeah. And I grabbed the bag of grass clippings, and I just shook them back on the front yard. And they're like, what are you doing? They were way more dramatic than I was. I would have got whooped. Yeah. So, I mean, nowadays I... Where's your wife right now? She's just sitting there watching this whole thing play out, smiling. She's she, she's so funny. So I shake him out. Uh, but my wife, she she is in the weeds, weeding. She's out there. She's big on example. I mean, I have to talk to her every day about, babe, let the kids do it. She's just doing it. She's just a doer, almost to a fault. Mm. She'll just do it because she wants it done and it needs to get done and she's just so productive so anyway kids they got the message the first time they unlike me they didn't test it either they got it all cleaned up but it's that little bit of doing it your very best mm-hmm. so in my job so that's a super long answer in my job I would always be the last one to get a sell always it was just in my brain it's 930 and everyone's going home I'm going to go get one more. And it became something that was, hey, try to go beat B. Holmes and get a late sell. Yeah. And I would just wait till the end one would come in like, hey, we're going home. And I'd be like, all right, we'll find that one more door. And I'd always sell after 930. Yeah. And I just kind of became known for doing that. And then over a space of a summertime, you have 106 knocking days. I ended up most people were selling X amount. I would end up with 100, 150 more sales than the average guy. And they were all the 9.30 p.m. sales. That's right. And no one got it. Like, I didn't <clears throat> work that much longer than most people. One more, though. I just got one more than you, and it only took me 30 more minutes. Yeah. If I'm going to tap my whole day, and I'm yeah. going to go get my brain working, and I'm going to go be that effective, yeah. then I'm going to be efficient mm. at the end, and I'm going to win. That's such a Les Brown thing when I listen to his... Les Brown his Les. stuff it's selling TVs yep. he's like somebody one more like let me get one if I get one more someone's gonna feel bad bad enough that I'm still selling it this yep. time that they're gonna buy one or they're gonna be the people that actually need the TV and, and I got it for them yep. like but if I go one more it's those guys Jim Rohn like the same thing it's numbers yep. it's a numbers game if I knock 10 more than you it, it, it is 100% a numbers game, and it starts that way, but I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a game of the heart, and that's what my dad taught me. Mm. It's not about me getting one more to have it be a numbers game. It's about, there's another gear. I know. Yes. Yeah, there's a gear I tap into at 930 because <clears throat> I pushed it there, mm-hmm. and everyone can go push that gear, but they just don't. No one decides to. Why? Right? Why do we, why do we get stuck? Why do we, that's probably a whole other podcast, but man... It's it's all the things. It's it's history. It's uh, we could go forever on that. Sure, but who cares? Because it's not about avoiding that stuff. It's about the new gear. Yep, I love that. I made sure to write a note because I wanted to come back to it. It's hilarious. I've never told you this. My my wife, she doesn't listen to this, so I'll just tell her when I get home. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I it. Halloween every year. Yeah. Brandon Holmes is in my mind, and here's how: lights go off intentionally. I turn the lights off. And I wait for the next, the last kid, and I dump all my candy in. Did I tell you that? No. 
I want, but I saw a story. I must have saw you in, out with your kids. Right. Okay. I think I saw you out with your kids one year. Yeah. Like in your story, you're like teaching the. This is the Holmes way. Like we're gonna be the last ones on the street. <laughs> this is where you get the most candy. So I reward the last knocker yep. every year at my house. They always do. I've got it there, and we're not usually home because we've got our kids out. Yeah. But every year I'm right there, and I say, "Okay, guys, hold on a second. And I tell them, "I'm like, listen, it's whether it's Halloween and it's candy, whether it's you're selling a car." Whether it's your, I don't know what it's going to be for you in your life. And they're looking at me like, what the? Like, <laughs> dude, do you have any Snickers left or not? And I'm right. like, no. If you're the last, like, it's a numbers. It, it is a number. The flies will all drop off. And if you're still the one out doing it, you are, you are going to win. Yep. Open your bags. Bam. And I dump every last thing yep. in there. And I'm like, all right. And then, and then we're done. That's like at 930, 10. Like, it's late. Oh, yeah. The last annoying kid, they, they win. It, That's so funny. If you follow my social media, every Halloween, it's like we don't start. Most people get out. My wife wants to start early and get done early, mm. and she's up early and in yeah. bed early, and I'm I'm just the opposite. I don't know why my brain's well, – I wish I could rewire my brain, but I have my best – like lights come on when it gets dark, like for real. So like – Because you know everyone else is quitting. That's why. It, Maybe that's it. And, and then I also felt it had something to do with it. I remember the years I'd get up at 4 a.m. I remember just telling myself, when I have enough money, I'm never getting up at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but, uh, no, every year, Halloween, without fail, me and my son, we'll, we'll, my daughters will come sometimes, but it's, it is, it's so fun, 9.30, to just watch. And the first year, he was like, Dad, this is crazy. And I'm like, no, man, you, how much candy do you really want? And candy, you have their attention, right? So I right. thought it was a perfect opportunity right. to teach them. But now he's pushing me, Dad, no, we gotta go. It's not there, let's go back out. And I'm like, no, we're about done. He's like, no, man, I wanna go get this candy. So I do something with him too, is where he comes home, he measures out, and per pound, I'll pay him cash for his candy. He says, See, he didn't even eat much candy, but anyway, so he's he's out getting paper too. So the, it's the it. lesson, though. It's the yeah. leaves, it's the candy, it's the. So with the coronavirus, COVID pandemic going on everyone's home yeah it took me all of like one day to figure out this was bad news right like yeah. everyone's in the home watching TV playing devices I'm just like this is not gonna this can't if this goes on more than a week like we got problems so I sat me and my wife sat down and we we formulated a game plan and it triggered when we let our kids play their devices that first day like vacation day Right, and then the second day started, and it went into that. T everyone's watching TV, and we were just kind of being lazy. And after it was time to get ready for bed, it was like they started to whine and complain that they they wanted to watch their night show or something, like their movie at night, like like it was a. Because we only watch movies usually on the weekends. So like we want to watch our movie if it's the weekends. Like no, it's not like, and it just felt so entitled to me that I kind of snapped, like really snapped. And if I ever get to that snapping point, like I either, I either will have like a really good idea or I'll have like, I'll go into this place where I just will stew for a long time and that's not good. So this was one of those snaps where I snapped and I went to a really good idea and I decided to create a ecosystem in our home and co-authored with my wife, 100%. And uh, we decided that we were going to pick chores to do around the house that would just get them to break even with living in under my roof. 
if I have to pay the mortgage and the water bill and the electric bill, yep. and you're going to use my stuff, here are the chores that you're going to do that's going to pay your rent, pay for your water, and pay your electric bill. Got it. Here's these chores that equal these things that I do. If I'm sitting here in the home working, you're working, right? That's that mentality. So we laid out all their chores that they did just to break even to pay rent and just cover the bare essentials, yeah. right? Baseline. If they don't, if the day went by and I, we let them be their agents under themselves, if they didn't do one of those things, they lost that thing the next day, okay. i.e., they lost their lost opportunity to use my water. They lost the opportunity to sleep under my roof. They lost their bed. They lost the opportunity to get into the pantry. So, and some of my ideas were super extreme. And my wife, she brought it back, right? And she made it like, like, okay, so they can't get in the snack pantry, or they can have water. They just can't. Yeah. They're timed on their. You're about water. to pass on this hunger trauma to your. <laughs> right, right. No, no, man. You gotta see my my wife is she's like if the apocalypse hit like I'm They're so good. set dude my wife is the the pantry queen the, oh my goodness not what I grew up with so I don't believe it even, I gotta check dude, this out even to this day you go to my mom's house you open her fridge you got like two cherry tomatoes and like some like cilantro <laughs> like sprouting in the fridge that's like what we're used to my wife we have like three refrigerators we got like. Two okay, and a half. But I get oh, it, right? As okay. a family systems guy, she's the youngest at nine. Yes. Okay, I get it. Okay. Hoarding, hoarding. And her stuff. mom's okay. the same way. Okay. Like, anyway. So. Uh, so they break even. Okay, now welcome to living here, guys. Yep. And now you get to earn your keep. Then, um, then we wanted to figure out how we were going to reward good behavior. Because I wanted to tr- teach reality. Mm-hmm. And you lose things. If I don't pay the mortgage, we lose our house, right? Mm-hmm. Then I wanted to teach. If, if you wanted to gain and earn money, you got to go over and above the break-even point. So here are these things you can do to gain money. And we came up with a system where they would get a penny, and a penny would equal a dollar or five minutes of a device time. Uh, okay, okay. Okay. And so you, you play this out in your brain, and then we were awarding pennies if they obeyed the first time. Because we got tired of asking, hey, can you go do this? Can you go do this? And then you're usually, as a parent, you're angry, you're yelling, and you're, now it's in force. Mm-hmm. We said, hey, if we ask the first time, we give you a penny. If we ask a second time, you lose a penny. And when that penny means a device time or dollars, yeah. depending on my kid, they're all on it, right? Yeah, that's their love language, man. You're speaking right to them. So we, we, give, we roll this plan out, and it was so fascinating. My son, he goes, he's like, Dad, I'm going to bankrupt you in a week. Like he's thinking about, like one of the, the ways to gain money was to wash the dog. He's like, I'm going to wash the dog 10 times in one day. He's like, you didn't put any rules on this thing. Like he's figuring out the loopholes, right? Yeah. And my daughter's like, this is the worst punishment ever. So like one man's treasure was another man's like. Growth scarcity. Com- there she, there they go. So fascinating, yeah. right? But the, the most interesting thing was to watch. My daughter has never missed one of her baseline things. Like the worst case scenario thinker she is. Yeah. And my son has missed a few a few times because he's so concentrated on trying to gain that he forgets the basics, which is interesting. So the first night what happened was my son missed something and he lost his bed. And we, we put him in a hat. He had to draw his thing out. Anyway, he missed his, he lo- loses his bed. So he's like, well, that's, that's fine. I'll just go get pillows and my blanket. I said, no. Who bought the pillows and blanket? 
oh, you did. I'm like, you can rent them for me for five pennies. He's like, what? I don't have five pennies. I'm like, that's not my fault. You have till midnight to hit your thing and you missed it. So it was one night without his bed and pillow and blanket and he's never missed that thing ever again, yeah. right? The second lesson we learned was when we went out and, I, and so I've stopped paying for frivolous things, which frivolous things are a movie or going out to dinner. So we went up to five guys and they got to use their pennies to buy their five guys. And then they get to use their pennies to buy the device time or our movie time afterwards, mm. right? So we went to five guys, he ordered a double cheeseburger, fries, shake, and a drink. It's like 15 bucks, right? So he orders that, doesn't eat half of it. We go home, he's got no more pennies. He has to sit in his room, he doesn't have his device, and he can't watch the movie that the rest of the family watches. The next weekend we go out, he ordered a hamburger, small fries, got a water cup, brought his own drink from home, no shake. We go home and he got to watch the movie and he spent an extra penny to play his Fortnite after the movie was Come on. So he earned it. Okay, when's this book coming out? There's no book. I'm not writing a book. Dude, so, this is, this is, <laughs> but anyway, right? Like, so now like this little ecosystem in our household has been going on for almost two months. And it's brought so much peace. This is so Because they now understand when I'm working late, yep. they're all like, my daughter brings me dinner into my office. I have a home office. She'll bring me dinner. Like, Dad, I hope you finish and that you can come watch our movie with us. Or hope, like on the Fridays or whatever. Like, hey, hope you can, you know, I hope everything's going good. Like, she's, they're like now supportive of me working. And they're all, the lawn's getting mowed on, like, without me asking. Dogs are getting bathed, like the cars are washed, and like so they're out hustling and earning. And there's some hard times, obviously, but it's taking real life and giving them like a dose of what reality is mm-hmm. when you can lose and gain. And I think it's just been anyway. It's been the best, the best two months we've ever had. It's been great. This is amazing. I can't wait to have one of your kids on the podcast in 20 years <laughs> and ask them about that summer of COVID. They'll probably be like super, <coughs> super scarred. They're, they're not. I think you know that. I, they're gonna have pennies like penny disease or something. They're gonna they're gonna run you out of business. They'll start the next big thing. And I hope. That's awesome though. That's talk about closeness and connection and the real stuff in life and you guys put away on it to where it's like accountability. You really do reap what you sow. I forgot to tell you this. Uh, when me and my wife first started, we sat down and said, Okay, what are the three main things we want to teach our kids? What are the three core values that we want our kids to learn from whatever thing we come up with? And it was accountability, obedience, and reward, victory. Like that you can go win and earn what you, you know what I'm saying? You can go yeah. reward. So those were, the accountability was number one. And so those were the things that we set this precedent uh, that we set. Tell me how your marriage fuels all of it. Man. So, or it's not, it's not related. It's so related. Um, I feel like you go, I'm gonna cut you off. Did you go to the D2D conference that just happened a couple months ago? No, um, shout out to Sam Taggart. I love Sam, Uncle Sam, when he's first first year in the industry. He was in like my little, we had like a little region thing. So, talked to Sam. He actually married Katie, who was my neighbor growing up for a minute. Um, so I love that family. Yeah. I think he's doing a great movement. For me in my space uh, as a CEO of a company, when I show up to those events, it gets um, 
it's hard. People don't know my motives or my intentions, and it turns sure. into like this recruiting battle quickly. So right. I try to avoid those venues because no, that makes sense. I just either it turned. I went to one and I didn't even get. I mean, I had like a hundred. It was just like it makes sense. It was just crazy. So I decided to stay away. Well, I asked because Laura Heck, who's a good friend of mine, she's mm-hmm. a marriage expert, marriage therapist. Um, she spoke at it. Oh, cool. And um, aside from stealing one of my greatest lines that she'd put in her speech, which was pretty cool when I listened to it and heard it. Um, she talked about the imp- that. She talked about the health of your relationship is going to be the health of your your sales, your right. business, your your success out there. It's here, and they fuel each other. But, like, yeah, how does that work with, with you guys? Because you guys got a crew at home, and you got, and you've been going hard for 15 years. Yeah. And married um, for 15, so... Married 15. We started our lives. I talk about on to the next thing. I went out that summer in Denver for two months just to make enough money to, to go on our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Flew back, had our wedding, went on our honeymoon, and then we flew out to, or we drove out to Denver and we started our married life midsummer. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was like, and I was managing the team that year, and it's kind of a crazy year. So we started our lives in this race if you want to call it that um so that was good i feel like for us that was kind of how life began gave us a real good baseline um but in a bigger picture after 15 years looking back i think i mean i heard uh i had a a mentor his name was gene mangum tell me one time um, whether you get a goose egg or a golden egg in life all depends on the chick you marry. He was an old farmer from South Dude, Utah. That's so good. Whether you get a goose egg or a golden egg, all depends on the chick you marry. And man, I've laid a fat golden egg. Uh, so blessed with with my wife. And people always they meet my wife or you know me or vice versa. And me and my wife just talked about this last week, but it was like people always say, "Oh, you got so lucky with him or her or whatever." And I had to stop, and I told. Someone was getting married asking us for new marriage advice, and I was like, look, don't think for one minute that me and my wife have like a perfect marriage. In fact, we've we've almost gone to the lawyers to draft paperwork four times to end this thing. Mm. But a great marriage is something that is constructed on a day-to-day basis by your daily choices. So if you remember that a great marriage isn't Created a great marriage doesn't happen. A great marriage doesn't just appear. No, it is. It is constructed like a like a building going through construction. Like you write the blueprints out, like a good business, like a good anything. If you don't have a family mission statement, if you guys aren't having you know companionship inventory or couples meditation or whatever you guys need to do to sync with your spouse, you know we do date nights every week. Once a month we do an overnight trip. Once a quarter we are doing a vacation together just me and her mm-hmm. we just got back from Vegas literally yesterday just me and her and if you're not doing that stuff you're not constructing a great marriage right. it will fail just like a business it will fail so and you look at the stats you know it's like 50% right now couples are getting divorced and I feel so sad because I look at life being married or being single or divorced has its in its individual struggles you just got to pick which hard you want to go go at, right? 
and I'd rather go at hard yeah. with my best friend and with my companion because we've got it really lined out where you know these are her roles that she wants these are her goals this is what she wants to accomplish in her life and I support her 100% as an individual she does that with me and we kind of know where I, I go out and I'll, I'll try to go slay that dragon and I'll go kill that buffalo I'll bring that buffalo back to camp and she knows that she wants to skin that thing chop it up skewer the meat and dish it out and those are our roles and I don't care who plays what role or how you want to divide that or where you divide it but if you don't have a Navy SEAL mentality where if I kick that door in I practice go left and I learned, I learned we had Jocko willing to come speak with us and he was saying how for, for 15 years all he did was learn how to go left right and the guy next to him goes right and then the one guy snipes and he's only the sniper he snipes the whole time mm-hmm he never is the guy that goes left, right? And there's the guy that, the, the five, the teams, the five have every role they do every time they break in. Then you have this, this whole system built on accountability and you know decentralized command where you own your thing, but as a team, you accomplish more. And I've taken that into my business. I definitely, that's how my marriage functions. And I'm out there making the money and I send it home and she cuts it up and she dices it up. She does what she needs. And, and man, it's without that, I couldn't do both of that. There's no way. Well, and she couldn't, she couldn't either. Right. Right. But you're right. She can't kick the door down and go right and go left and snipe. Like, True. so yeah. And, and marriage slightly different than being a, a seal. Sometimes you, as long as you keep the communication, you know, today I'm going to go right. And she is going to take that. Run. Cool. Sure. But we can't both go left and we can't both go run. So it's really you guys learning how and when to dance a certain way together. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. And just knowing to just to fuel each other. and You guys are a good team. The best. Yeah. And we think that, you know, we, we, we talk about that. We, we, uh, I let her know that I think... Another thing I, I like to do is we pray together. I think it's important to realize that there's a higher power. And I think so often men don't give their wives the, the affection that they need, right? I, I hear that a lot from women, actually way too much. And so what I've done since we got married is when we pray, um, I'll actually thank the creator for her when it's just me and her, right? Like out loud, I'll, I'll talk about how grateful I am for her and how she's the nucleus of our family and how she does these, this for me and these things for our family and these gifts she brings. And I'll literally talk five minutes on just, and just giving her true, true, um, uh, genuine gratitude for those things, which normally I wouldn't say to her face because it's, maybe it's awkward or we don't have enough time or, or whatever. So I put myself in habits of doing that when I pray and she hears it and she hears me talking to someone else about her that way. It's done something where in our marriage now, she started to do that for me. And the, the, the best thing is now my kids do that with all their siblings when it's their turn to pray. And it's just kind of changed the dynamic of 
you know, how close our family is. And uh, I don't know if I could have done that with another woman or, or what. So that's something we've created together. And find those things that you can create together that are your little, you know, your little moments that, that will, those traditions will pass on to your kids and, and create that, that trust, love, and accountability. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. I'm, I'm glad you, we got to just sit today. There's many more to come, but I'm going to, like, cancel my whole night and just listen to this. <laughs> and go back. Even just, like, pray your way to a better marriage. Like, I'm just, like, just that to, to make sure the other person knows how you see them, how you view them. Because mm-hmm. you're right. So many, and that's the work I do, right, with, like, you're sitting on the couch that many women sit on and tell me, I don't feel heard, I don't feel appreciated, I don't. I know he loves me, but I don't hear it and I don't feel it. So does he like that kind yeah. of stuff? So, so intimate in a prayer, but more in action and more in the way your kids get to see the way you take care of her. And yep. it's awesome. I love that you that you commented on one of my posts recently. It was like, dude, we just spent a date night on your on this topic. Oh yeah, How's yeah, that? man, that's 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 another thing, man. Like, we're always seek. I'm always seeking out um, ways to improve. Right, like I'm never complacent with. It's fascinating. I feel like I'm so far behind in my marriage, or like I'm not where I need to be, or man, we're, we just we're not getting it. And then I hear where other couples are. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're so far ahead. Like when you have that reality check, and I feel like it's that maybe it's that thing I have in my brain where I'm always looking for that next thing. Yeah. But when I saw your post, we actually, I screenshot it. You posted like six pictures of good communication. Yeah. Good questions to ask when you're feeling certain ways. Yeah. And I sent them to her. And then at dinner, we just went through and talked about which ones she could use when. and Because some of those were tools she likes and some were tools yeah. I like. And I don't like doing some of them. They were rescue attempts. Yeah. Like when you're feeling, yeah, that just, that chaos in, in your communication. It's like, let me, hold on, we got to got to stop we got to rescue this but based on what you're feeling yeah yeah it's so good and to and to do it in moments of love right when I mean you try to teach each other in the moment of anger yeah. it's horrible right your but, brain's not even working <laughs> and but I feel like when it's that moment to so I'll screenshot stuff I'll post stuff I'll tag around stuff I feel like social media has been good if you look for the good and um we, we did, we went through and, and I said, hey, babe, and we used those, I used those tools to do the thing. And I was like, hey, it makes me feel scared when you walk away from a conversation. And she says, well, hey, it makes me feel hurt when you raise your voice when this or whatever, right? So like, we gotta be really vulnerable to things that, and then what could we do in place of that? Yep. And what, I, what we talked about on the post was like, it's it's good to say that, but then it's better to be like, okay, I'm gonna work on that, mm-hmm. you know, and to hold each other accountable. It's the then what? Because because we've actually done that recently, and it's been really good. It's been really good to reference that and be like, this is how I want to frame this discussion. This is how I want to frame when I'm feeling this way, and this is how you you know. And she said the same thing, and so we go back and forth on that, but. Again, I feel like anytime you can validate the person, um, you're going to just get so much farther ahead mm-hmm. so quickly. 
Can I give you some feedback about oh, yeah. your comment of, I, I feel like we're so behind, but then I see other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this isn't news to you, but I get to tell you anyway. Um, if you guys feel you're behind, then you're behind. I don't care about your next door neighbor. I don't care about. True. I don't even care about the expert marriage therapist who their relation like you're, like there. That's not your marriage. So if you guys feel that now, yes, you have to like have this. You got to check yourself and be like, who am I now? Who am I comparing to? Because if I feel behind, that means I'm. I'll compare to them to make me feel lower, but then I'll compare mm. to them to make me feel better. Like that's just a bad game anyway. Mm, yeah, no, for sure. I maybe said that wrong. I think um, it's interesting. This is soup. This is like a dive down a rabbit hole, so we should just stop. But I feel like um, people use comparison in different ways. Yes. And some use it negatively, and some use it to inspire. Yes. I've always been the type of person that is looking around to see where I'm at in the race, and then where can I go? Right. right? So I'm not the guy that looks at social media like oh I I need that or I know what I want those or, or whatever I'm not comparing myself to that person or that thing it's almost like a vision board sticker 100% yeah right? 100% so yeah. when I say I feel like we're so far behind yeah I'm listening to other couples communication skills and I'm like oh man let's implement that okay, right? I got it I got it whereas because I just pointed this out whereas um where <laughs> Whereas some other people's uh, viewpoint on comparison really plays a negative impact in their brain, right? Like, oh, look at that. I need that. Or I wish I was the social media yeah. pandemic. It really is. like It's crazy. Right? Like, I should look this way or whatever. Yeah. That is horrible. That is what I hear you saying. And I'm a, I agree 1 million percent with you. But if I don't know, if I can't, if I, again, I'm a monkey see, monkey do. That's me. If I don't touch the flame, right. I'll never know it's hot. Right. And um, and my wife, she's the polar opposite. She can watch something and watch me touch it and be totally fine never touching the fire. Yeah. So for me, comparison is a thing that if used, and, and again, I, I love to, to know where thing, how would I learn from this. Yeah. Her brain does not do that. Got it. So that is a thing where I will, we got to check each other on how we're using it. Because yeah. I have my thing, I have my other things too that right she checks me on. So it's very important when I went to to clarify that too. But um, well, but use, yeah. using that way, it's like okay, right now I'm comparing my that's right. I'm comparing my relationship and and my parenting tactics to yours, and I promise I'm not going to leave here feeling like deficit minded like. Dude, I suck. Right. I'm gonna be like, all right. I'll be calling him once a week because I got some. That's I have adjustments about. to make. I have adjustments to make. I could love my wife so much deeper. I could. I could be way more attentive with my kids, even though I'm gone 60, 70 hours a week. I can make a bigger impact on not just the time I'm with them, but the time I'm away. So they're like, oh yeah, let's get that penny. Let's mm. get that. Like those things. So that I'm with you. That comparison is not. Yeah. Um, I learned this in time. I wish someone had told me this earlier. So, you know, with my job and with the way I've worked my life, um, sometimes she has complained that she feels I'm more married to work or my job or whatever, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
I learned this uh, from a mentor of mine, Greg Butterfield. He told me that every week he plans out his his time with his wife Mm -hmm. and lets her know when her time is. And some people might say, well, that's not good, but you know what? I feel it's just opposite because all of a sudden she's seeing that she's getting in my calendar like everyone else that's important to me or she thinks is important to me, which they're not. I could care less. Right. Right? So, but if I slot her a time, which it's that Friday night, 7 o'clock, my whole company knows. You know, from 7 to 10, I'm not available on Friday nights. But after 10 o'clock, my wife knows my phone's back on. I'm recruiting. I might have to fly. I don't know. Like 10 o'clock, I'm back out, right? Yeah. So, but once people know the first, by the way, not the flights. What's scheduled first? Not the flights, not the trainings, not that it's seven to 10. That's the first thing. But it's that, it's that. It's, that's right. You're creating that and it's just, she knows. So so if, if, if you take away anything from this, it is schedule a date night once a week, schedule an over a night stay, even if it's, and when we didn't have money and she'd been with me since we were broke. And that's when it was the funnest, right? Like that's when we talked about this stuff. Because we didn't even talk about when I talk about failure. So, I mean, I lost my home. Mm-hmm. We lost the business. My home got foreclosed on. Uh, I had judgments on. Like we we were in a very bad place. In those moments, we still we still were able to go camping overnight. We we went in a tent. We slept in the back of my car. Like once and once a week. Sorry, once a month an overnighter, and then once every three months, go on a trip. We drove down to Arizona, went to the Four Corners, and drove back. Like when you don't have, there's always a way to do it. Right. And even you know when we didn't have money, we would go to Taco Bell, nine nine cent taco, or go to Beto's, and then go get a Slurpee, and then watch a Red Box. Like that's a five buck date. Like that's when. Yeah. You know, put that time in, slot that time. If you can follow that cadence, that will change. That changed our marriage, and that's when I felt like we took it to the next level. Like that, the cadence. Well, there it is, you guys, my conversation with Brandon Holmes, and hopefully you guys took some good, positive things away from today, whether that's about your mindset, it's about your mental health, or it's about your marriage. There are things that we can be doing every single day to get better, stronger, and wiser, and Brandon is a great example to me and a mentor that I look up to, um, and I encourage you guys to find that mentor for yourselves and continue to push every single day. All right, we will see you on the next episode. And as always, please, if you have not subscribed to the show, do so. Share this episode with at least three people you think could benefit from hearing this conversation. And um, the most obvious of all, make today the greatest day of your life.